when you come from a place of service, in my view, we are the happiest, highest vibrational versions of ourselves when we are serving other people. I truly believe that is the heart of human nature. Plug into the minds of the world's cutting edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders who are rewriting the rules of sales and success. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling with Love podcast. Hi, everybody. This is Jason Mark Campbell. Welcome back to the Selling with Love podcast. Here today, we're going to be talking about personal branding. Yet, if you have a perception that doing so means you need to act like someone different, that you have to follow a blueprint of how other people are acting in order to build a personal brand, we're here to bust one of those myths and learn so much more when it comes to effectively branding ourselves. And I have Jessica Swag, who is going to join me, who is the CEO and founder of Simply Be, as well as the host of the Simply Be podcast. Now, if you've ever gotten into the bookstore and you've been looking to get into personal branding, you would have seen a copy of her best-selling book, Be a No BS Guide to Increasing Your Self-Worth and Net Worth by Simply Being Yourself. And in that title comes a clue about what we're going to learn about how to do this personal branding methodology without necessarily sacrificing on our values and being authentic on who we truly are. Jessica, welcome to the show and thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Jason. It's good to see you. Well, good to see you too. I mean, we were having a quick conversation before. The last time that I saw you was at Mind Valley University, which was an event, thousand people. We were out in Pula, Croatia, and you were doing a personal branding workshop. And I thought it was so amazing and that I wanted to bring you on the show and being able to share with the audience here a little more about it. And I thought we'd maybe start there. What were you brought into Mind Valley University for? What were you teaching at that session that we'll be able to use here? Well, Honestly, I've been a part of the Mind Valley community since 2017. I went to A Fest in Jamaica, and then I went to the one in Sardinia and really got connected into a community unlike any other. And I really fell in love with the people and the mission and the tribe, as we say. And they asked me to come speak as a speaker, as part of the Mind Valley University's programming. And it was just such an amazing opportunity. It was, in fact, one of the biggest milestones in my career. I spoke in front of, I think, 400 people in Pula, and it was like, I got a standing ovation, and it was so really amazing. It was like two and a half hour talk, the longest I've ever talked on stage like that. And, you know, really, I remember that it was all about, I called it personal brand alchemy, which was taking kind of your message building a strategy based upon that message. And then how do you leverage that message for PR opportunities to truly alchemize your perception authentically to drive new level of success? And so that is what I still do. That's still what I talk about each and every day in my business and in my life and on my platform and on my podcast. So really excited to dig in with you today. Which brings me to the ultimate question here, Jessica, is why is this theme of personal branding so relevant today and what are we supposed to be using it for and is it even more relevant now that we've went through this kind of covid crisis which has happened between the last time i saw you to now has there been any relevancy changes about building this personal brand well i'll just start by saying in the pandemic in the last two and a half years my business exploded and i think it's a real testament to the market demand of 
people needing to get online to tell their stories, to drive their business. We're two and a half years ago, we didn't have to do that. We could go out and knock on doors and do different types of relationship building, networking, marketing. And most of us, you know, for the majority of the last two years have been stuck right here in front of our computers and have had no choice but to get online and to be strategic. And so that's really an indication to me that this is, I mean, I've always believed it's relevant. Starting my business in 2016, I was like, this is the time of the internet in mass saturation and whether or not you want to be you got to get online. And if you don't, you're going to lose. And that's not to sound threatening, but it's just the way that the world works today. And so why not do it in a way that is not only strategic, but authentic? Because when you do it authentically, you attract your right people. I mean, it really is a bit of spirituality, Jason, of this, you know, idea of energetics and like attracts like, and your vibe attracts your tribe. I mean, that's all, in my view, marketing comments. And so really creating a brand called you, because you'll always be you, whether you work for this company or start that company or leave this next company to go take a different role. The only thing that remains constant is you. And so creating an equity in that platform called you is the best, I'm biased, but the best business decision you can make today, period. I would definitely agree with you 100% on that. You never know what is it that you're doing. It could be disrupted. We're seeing some companies that are coming up, going down. We're seeing also a big wave, you know, the big resignation is happening. And so some people, if you've worked for the same job, you've never done the PR, there's a lot of different people that are looking for those top jobs in these top companies. So even from an employment standpoint, having your personal brand align is the ultimate competitive advantage. And yet, when we start thinking about building a personal brand, if let's say I'm not an established company, I don't have a huge marketing budget, I can't go hire a branding agency, let's say, and maybe I'm not even a company and it doesn't even seem to make sense to get a branding agency or does it? Am I supposed to take a certain first step if I want to acknowledge that personal branding is necessary and I want to move forward? Yes. I believe that at the end of the day, whether you're the CEO of a multi-million dollar company or you're a solopreneur starting their own side hustle and trying to turn it into a business, you are the face of your business and the people that will hire you ultimately, whether again, you're the CEO of that company or you're a solopreneur are going to hire you based on how you make them feel and their emotional affinity for your brand. And in my view, there is no better communicator for that message than the person, the human being, the personal brand who is the face and front lines of that company or the person themselves who is the company, right? So really taking first the step of acknowledging that this is important and this is a good use of time is one. (laughs) The second, you know, a lot of people are like, okay, well, I hate social media or I don't have time to create a blog and write content all day. Fair. Where we look and approach this work from the very beginning starts with the message. And if you can really home in on what your brand message is, that's honestly going to be transformational for you and your customers and clients and the way they receive you is that clarity and brand story. And I wrote a book and we can talk about it, but I really walk the reader through a very tactical way to do this. Messaging is first. I say that your brand is the what. You have to have that foundationally defined strategy is the how, 
how you get from where you are to where you want to be using that brand to power that strategy. And then the execution of that strategy comes in the form of content, podcasts, blogs, videos, social media. And you don't have to be the next Vishen Lakiani, let's say, and is like everywhere doing all the things or creating tons and tons of self-promotional content, but you do have to be recent. You do have to be relevant and active and you've got to pick your lanes and stick to the script. And that's really how you grow and you can really decide what those places are based on who's your client, core customers, where are they spending their time? If you're in lifestyle and coaching and creative content, Instagram all day, be in Instagram. LinkedIn is a really great place for B2B sales, executives, different types of verticals. The last thing I'll say is this, thought leaders think. That's why they're called thought leaders. And you, I think, want to position yourself as a thought leader. That's really where you can charge more money and have just a bigger stake in the market to become a thought leader. The caveat that I often say is that thought leaders think. That's why they're called thought leaders. <laughs> they don't just post on social media all day. So really coming up with what's your core content? Core content can be a blog, can be a podcast, can be a book, can be an ebook. Just really taking your customers and clients online deeper into what your POV is, is also really critical in standing out. Brilliant. I wanted to talk a bit about that gap around use the example of vision. I'm also thinking people like Joe Rogan, maybe even Elon Musk, they all seem to have these amazing personal brands. Like you recognize their brand, there's a consistency in who they are and what you expect of them when they show up publicly. Yet I might be looking at this and feeling a little intimidated, if not paralyzed, to even get started looking at how big what they've created is and who am I at the size that I am to start sharing this. And we're also seeing that there's a lot of content appearing everywhere on the internet. And so what would I do if my mind is kind of paralyzing me saying like, oh my God, who am I to get started in writing some more or starting another podcast when there's already some huge players in the marketplace? Love this question. So here's the truth about people like that is they all started with zero. At some stage, at some point, they all started from zero. And that's point one. Point two is if you look at Joe Rogan and you look at Elon Musk and you look at Fission, these are guys that have been doing this in the space of entrepreneurship for decades. And this is all compounded over time. Being intimidated by just the sheer volume and reach, none of them were an overnight success. They all really grinded and built it brick by brick. And that's just how it works. I think the third point I want to make, which is probably the most important point, is every single person on the planet has the opportunity to change the world. Every single person. We are all a pebble that can drop into a pond and create a ripple effect. And comparing ponds is a zero sum game because what Vision and Elon and what those guys are up to is different than what you're up to. And so focusing on your own gifts, your own lane, your own purpose, that is really the whole point of this thing. And if you get yourself stuck on the stuff that everyone else is doing, not to sound dramatic, but you're not doing what you're here to do on this planet and you're doing the world a disservice. And 
if you can really overcome the comparison game, the FOMO game, and take that journey within yourself to really unpack what you're here to do and then go forth and do it regardless of how quote unquote big it is. That's just vanity metrics really at the end of the day. That's what this whole point of the work is all about in my view. I absolutely love that. I can't help but think of the journey I kind of went through before I even stepped into my own brand. For me, now it's pretty consistent. I'm the selling with love guy. I'm writing the book about it. This is the podcast about it. But, you know, I'm thinking I had to work at Mind Valley for seven years and that message got refined and I had to do a lot of work. I had some coaches, some supports that kind of gave me a feedback. I was trying to get into some different things. And this is really kind of a pull that I had throughout this whole journey of trying to define the message, as you mentioned, as being one of the most important things is I always had a way where I was like, oh, I want my message to be this because it sounds good, but I didn't really know if it was really what I was or if I was just trying to do like everyone else. And so there's times I was starting to create a message that was a bit maybe watered down, but I thought like, oh, I'm a little weird, you know? Maybe I don't want to be that weird and unique. Maybe I want to follow proven methods and have things that are a bit more safe. So I kind of wanted to go there and ask, how do I start distilling what is truly my message versus things that I'm starting to say because it's coming a bit from an insecurity and I want to do something that feels safe or that I've seen that's been successful? How do we truly tap into that personal self without being deluded? Ah, such a good question. Well, the technical brander in me is going to want to guide you to my book and my work, which is driven by frameworks and tools that help a reader or a client or follower or whatever get really clear on their personal brand story using this tool called the hologram, the personal brand hologram, which I believe I taught actually in Pula. But it's really about defining the four areas of your business and life and you only get four for a reason since branding is an exercise in clarity. We can't talk about all of the things, but we also need to go deep in the true things we want to be known for. And those four things really are a journey of self-study and empowerment in a way, getting to decide what you want to be known for. You get to write your own reputation and narrative. It's really quite empowering when you think about it. The sort of nuanced part of your question, which I loved, is about owning it. Right. And I think that that's such a personal exploration of what I consider embodiment and alignment. I can just speak to my own experience. I'm very woo. I live in the 5D most of the time, but I also run a pretty corporate agency and I work with Fortune 500 clients. And I also speak to a lot of 5D folks too. And the more I have leaned in to my unapologetic truth, believe it or not, I have attracted more of those right clients, even in the Fortune 500 companies who are awake. Like not all of them are, but quite a few of them are. And they're looking for people like me to help them bring that kind of consciousness into their corporations. And that's been a really interesting experiment of trust. That's the sort of final step, right? So it's choosing your message, getting clear, using a little bit of branding exercise framework. The second is feeling into that and really owning and aligning and embodying, embodying that. 
And then trusting that if you put it out into the world and you really are embodied, you will be authentic. If you're not embodied, people are going to feel that dilution and insecurity, and they're not going to bite because it's not aligned. And that's just the universe. So those are my three steps to getting there in a very quick and dirty. (laughs) Well, quick and effective and true. And that trust piece, oh, that hits home, right? Because at the beginning, it's not like you're going to have... I don't know, I would imagine the perfect world is that I have a message. I have all my brand colors perfectly aligned to my true self. I have a message that resonates with everyone. All the fonts are beautiful. I have a platform where I consistently speak and everybody loves me. But that's not usually the start. That goes and happens down the line. So I was maybe going to ask, what does it look like at the start when you have to have that trust, but you don't necessarily have this following that's continuously reinforcing that you're on the right path? There's kind of a bit of a grind. How does that look like? And when does it start actually changing into things where you're getting that positive feedback and you're attracting the tribe? Well, I think the first step, and you just said it, the operative word is you have to start, right? You just have to start. And I've been talking a lot about this lately, this idea of confidence. People ask me all the time about it. Like I'm an expert on confidence, but I'm really just not. I'm just putting myself out there, I guess, the way that I do. But confidence, the precursor to confidence is courage. And we only need courage when we're afraid, right? And so the name of the game is that there's always, always going to be fear. And then you step through that fear with the bit of courage day in, day out. And I think it was Malcolm Gladwell or Malcolm Gladwell who spoke of the 10,000 hours concept of you do something 10,000 hours. What's his name? Robert Greene, I believe. Robert Greene, okay. From Mastery, I believe. Potentially. It's a philosophy that has definitely gone around in the personal and professional growth space. And this concept is you do something 10,000 hours and you can officially call yourself an expert in it. And... I think that people underestimate, people are impatient, (laughs) I should say, and want the quick wins and the immediate results and to shortcut their way to confidence or shortcut their way to credibility. And you only become credible by just doing it over and over and over again and landing on your feet, which you inevitably will if you know what you're doing. You have the core competencies. And so I think this idea of getting there and that sort of segue of, I'm faking it till I make it for a minute. We all do to the other end of the spectrum, which is I got this and I'm the expert. That isn't a clear switch. It happens in a continuum. I really think it's the people who win, if you will, quote unquote, the people who reach the point of expertise or thought leader. The magic of what they really do in their process comes down to one thing, in my humble opinion, which is not necessarily talent or luck, but consistency. And that's really how it works. Like you do something enough, you'll start to trust yourself. And so will other people. Yeah. And as you say that, I'm just thinking, because I love the personal branding. I know how powerful it is, just like you mentioned, it's a necessity today to stand out. But I've also noticed kind of the other side of the coin, which is, when you just focus on a personal brand, but you haven't really refined any craft, you haven't really done the work to actually serve. It's like you're trying to find the quick hack to building a personal brand without really doing the inner work, getting that clarity. And it's almost like 
you can get a bunch of followers. A very simple example is, you know, some people are like, okay, I need a lot of followers on Instagram. And then you can pay an agency that just gives you 100,000 followers. Now you have all these people that are following you, but you haven't done the work. There's not a message that you've been doing with the consistency that you speak of. And now you're almost like standing naked on top of a stage. Is there some truth to what I'm saying or am I crazy? I'm like jumping out of my seat. I agree with you so much. The operative word you just said, Jason, and I don't know if you meant to say it, but I caught it. It's the word serve. And people forget that. I get asked about personal branding, obviously, every day, all day. And I sound like a broken record. It's all about being of service, building a message, building a platform that isn't about you and what you can get, i.e. likes, followers, invites to parties, cool friends, money. It's about what you can give, what you are actually here and designed to give on the assignment of your soul in this particular lifetime. And when you come from a place of service, in my view, we are the happiest, highest vibrational versions of ourselves when we are serving other people. I truly believe that is the heart of human nature. And if you're really in that place, that's the work. And if you look at the greats, Brene Brown and Oprah Winfrey and Tony Robbins and the biggest thought leaders of our time, none of them got into this game for a million followers on Instagram. None of them. They got into this game to seriously disrupt the world with, frankly, more love in their own different modalities. And that is the heart of this work. And if you can hone in on what you are here to serve, who you are here to serve, what makes you different in the way you serve it than other people, and you start to articulate that and craft that, that's the foundation of your brand. And then all of that other shit's nice to have. If you start to get a lot of followers and you start to get a lot of press hits and podcast downloads, that's the nice to have. But the must have is the message and the message has to be rooted in service for it to be effective. You are speaking to the choir. Jessica, thank you so much for everything you've been sharing. I always have a final question when I ask on this podcast, given that we're on the Selling with Love podcast. It sounds like you're already skirting the answer, but I was going to ask you more directly. When I say selling with love, what does that mean to you? Selling with love means taking care of people, selling to serve. In fact, I think it was a friend at Mind Valley who actually said something about switching the concept of an upsell at the end of a presentation, if you will, to an upserve. And that you're not selling people, you are serving people. If you really believe in your product, which you should, you created it, you should know that the reason why someone would buy it ultimately is because it's going to help them. It's going to change their lives. It's going to open their hearts. It's going to give them power to live the life that they want to live. And so selling with love comes down to this concept of service. And it's honestly the way that the world should be. And I think we could find a lot of healing if we looked at it that way for ourselves and for each other and for the planet ultimately. So I love that, Jason. I think it's really powerful, beautiful brand message. 
Jessica, you've definitely served our audience here on the podcast. So thank you so much for your time. I love your answers. I love everything that you're standing for. And for everybody listening, remember, we talked about the concept of personal brand being so important today, even more so now that we've had this whole lockdown, but being more remote, standing out online, as Jessica was mentioning, has been a booming industry. And not by accident, we need to be able to make sure that people recognize what we stand for. And we can do that by doing the inner work, getting clear on our message, seeing if there's a medium where we can continuously communicate our message, whether that's podcast, Instagram, LinkedIn, you go to where the people are. Jessica was speaking about there's just consistency of something that you can speak about that is working with your brand. And of course, I love that we touched on one element, which is the trust. The success doesn't come instantly. You're going to need to trust the process. And the more you get clear on what you want to bring to the world coming from a place of service, it's not about the likes. It's not about the follows. It's really about that key thing that you want to see change in the world, the impact that you want to make by having your personal brand. It will work with you, alongside you, grow with you. And if you're a little conscious about how that is being perceived, then actually it's going to accelerate your success. But it is not the foundation of your success. The service is. And so, Jessica, thank you for sharing all these insights with us. It was a fantastic episode. And for everybody, tune in. We're going to have some more amazing conversations on the Selling with Love podcast. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling with Love podcast. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.